This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we'll be talking about Tremors, starring Kevin Bacon. <laughs> you can't even, <laughs> come on, you almost broke just saying Tremors. <laughs> yeah, well, because I just realized, once again, I did not pull up the damn website. <laughs> <laughs> starring uh, Kevin Bacon? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cast list. Fred Ward, Finn Carter, Michael Gross, and other people. Uh, the great Victor Wong. Victor Wong. Let's forget. Uh, Reba McIntyre's. Directed by Ron Underwood, written by S.S. Wilson, Brent Maddock. How, how is this ship going to write a movie? <laughs> I, that's what I understand. Um, well, there it is. Michael Came out Gross. 1990. Ten years old. Yeah. That was me. So, this movie uh, was my selection, and this is something that I didn't see in the movie theater. I don't know if I've ever, I ever rented it. It was just always on cable television, <laughs> or and re- maybe regular TV, too. And I, just, I always watched it on TV. And I think, would you guys classify this as a horror? It's like yeah, basic... see, I was, I was thinking about it, but I wouldn't. I think this is just a monster movie with a, a few kind of gory deaths because they're a lot of them aren't i would it's, say monster monster movie more than horror it's it's horror but it doesn't use a lot of the conventions that we typically see in, in horror movies which i'll get in a little bit into later but yeah i would I would definitely qualify this as horror yeah and i think it was like my gateway horror movie because it wasn't so i watched it i thought i'd be scared it wasn't and i found out that not all horror movies are um whatever yeah it was, i mean there's definitely Audition. a lighter a lighter tone to this and yeah. You know, some funny stuff going on, so. Um, so yeah, that's my introduction to it, and it's one of those things that's always on. When it's on, if I'm flipping through, I will watch it. Um, and I didn't know any, even at the time, I mean, I think maybe I knew Kevin Bacon, maybe not. I mean, 1990, I don't know what he had done before this, I'm sure. Like, Footloose and stuff, but. Um, Put on your Sunday shoes. Animal House. Yeah, <laughs> Animal House. <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> But nothing really big. None of the stuff that I've seen. I'm looking at this. So this would have been the first thing that I've seen him in. Um, so and then what I did know is Grossman from Family Ties. That would be the only person I really did know. Um, so yeah, that's my history with it. Alex Scott. I just um, thought it was a cool movie when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I saw this in the theater. I'm pretty sure I saw this in the theater. I think Which it took his wallet. Might not have been highly. Might not have been that appropriate, but there it is. Par for the course. <laughs> yeah, who was taking me to see all these movies? Jesus. I don't think it was him. I don't, yeah, it probably wasn't Jesus. <laughs> now, that I, now that you say it out loud. <laughs> he wept. <Yeah. laughs> oh. Him and Tom Mix. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one thing I do remember, you know, we mentioned in the Twins episode where you'd have like the, the you know, the jingle, the, the brothers. I remember for this one, it was always, Kevin Bacon is bringing home the bacon in Tremors. It was like, <laughs> really, that's some great writing right there. 
it's <laughs> uh, mailing that one in. Jesus. <laughs> Reminds me of Simpsons when they're bowling and they're doing the the rhymes and Homer, Homer, or what was it? Homer, pretend this is baseball and hit us a Homer or something like that. And you're like, oh, boys, rhyming Homer with Homer? Excellent. <laughs> So yeah, all right, let's get into our list here. So, um, I just like the, the sibling rivalry between Kevin Bacon and, and what was his name, Fred Ward's character? I don't remember the yeah. character's names. The great the great Fred Ward. Uh, <laughs> that looking, I don't remember either, but just looking at, well, so no, I remember Fred Ward's character being named Earl. Um, yeah, but Bacon and Valentine, was, I think. Bacon. Yeah, Valentine McKee. Like, I don't remember okay. that at all. <laughs> Uh, yes, were they? Were they yeah. brothers? Though? Now that I'm looking this up, no, they, they were not. They were not. Okay, they cousins, friends. friends. No, I All guess right, well. it's possible they're cousins, but I don't think they ever say that. Yeah, I thought they're. I mean, he kind of act because every time Fred Ward would do something that he wanted, Kevin Bacon wanted, the guy was like the little brother type thing. I get maybe it was a surrogate little brother. I don't know. Yeah, I gotta like, get that with the rope when he was doing the rope. It's like, oh my turn! I want to do the rope when they're. Thrown in the dynamite out there, um, or the pipe bombs, I should say. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, I guess, the, more of the chemistry between those two characters, I really liked. So that's my number seven. Um, um, Scott. All right. So my number seven is, and this touches a little bit on what you were talking about before. You know, what is it really a horror movie or not? Uh, is that I and I have written down here as daytime horror. So I like that. You daytime whore. Yeah, whore. Kind of whore. <laughs> daytime whore. Uh, it, it the whole thing takes place in pretty much broad daylight, you know. So none of the jumping out of shadows. Um, it, it's fairly normal location, you know. No haunted mansion. Uh, there's no like. Uh, there's no. For starters, the, the monster is, you know, not bipedal, so there's no. <laughs> You know, sneakily opening doors, that kind of stuff, or invading people's dreams. Um, like, there's nothing, like, too supernatural going on. Um, I like that it was just very, they kept it very simple. Um, in a way, this is basically, like, a lighter version of Jaws. Yeah. yeah kind of. Uh, Land Jaws. Yeah, basically. Um, I think especially where, toward the end when they're kind of marooned on the rocks. Yeah, yeah. So where the, the horse basically, like, we know it's there. You know when is it coming out? As opposed to, you know, like like uh, like a Friday the Thirteenth where we don't know where he is and he's just gonna like kind of magically appear behind us or something. So yeah, that's my number seven daytime horror. Nice. And before I get to Alex, I just remembered one thing I wanted to do. My background of this, I just remembered maybe five years ago, I was over at my parents' house and my dad's like, "Hey, you ever watched that movie Tremors?" And I was like, "Yeah." It's pretty good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is. So we talked about it for a bit. And my dad and I usually don't have, he just watches Westerns usually. So movie tastes aren't usually something we can talk about. But then he goes, and if you see the sequels and the TV show, those are even better. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> you lost me, Dad. Yeah. It started out really well. <laughs> then went down the went down the toilet. But. It was funny that that came up. Out of nowhere, too. I mean, this is a 1990 movie, and <laughs> I was like, have you ever seen this? So, anyway, Alex, number seven. 
My number seven is something I don't like, is that annoying little shit. Lives. Spoiler alert. Ugh. Hate that kid. There's a scene where he almost dies. I was like, oh, come on, you stupid fucking worms. Nope. He's alive. I might have more to say about this guy later. Ugh. Hate <laughs> this guy. You're talking about the teenager, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 uh, this movie's Wayne from, uh, yeah. fucking Wonder yeah. Years. Hi, Wayne. Kind of looks like I'm talking, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, me, right? Number mm-hmm. six is, um, for the third movie in a row, I'm going to talk about dubbing or subtitles. But this is the the TV edit, and it's the scene where the Michael Grossman and his wife are in their bunker, and the the graboids are coming through the wall, and they he finally gets the elephant gun. I think it was elephant gun, and yeah. he kills Jeebus. it. And the dub line, or he goes, "You broke into the rock, the goddamn wrong rec room, right?" That's the real line. But yeah. the dub and TV is like, "You broke into the gosh darn wrong," and it's like. It just cracks me up every time I see it. I have to find the YouTube clip, and maybe we can put that as like the stinger of this episode. But it cracks me up every single time because the voice is different. His mouth doesn't match at all, and it's the gosh darn wrong. Gall- I think it's gall darn wrong rec room or something. <laughs> it- I want to say they they made that that gun specifically for the movie. Possibly, I don't know, man. I modeled it anyways. Those bullets were fucking massive. Those were. Those were Fucking pure slugs. That was not shot. <laughs> coming yeah, out of that I know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the the fake. You know, that's the Mister Falcon of Trimmers. That dubbing the TV edit. Awesome. <laughs> Alex. Scott. Sorry. Scott. <laughs> uh, my number six yeah. um, is the the monsters themselves, the graboids. Uh, fairly. I guess a unique monster to base a whole movie around, <laughs> whole theatrical, big theatrical released movie. Um, there's basically worms with more worms coming out of their mouths. I guess Ten- tentacle, tentacle, tentacle worms. Uh, I don't know how to qualify them exactly. Um, and when you actually see them at full length, they look pretty dumb. But uh, just the the fact that they pop out of the ground. Um, it's, it's pretty frightening, uh, and they do some some great like practical effects when it's just like the the mouths and the heads. Like there's some there's some good puppet work going on there. Uh, this is one of those movies that I think really would have suffered from CGI. Uh, I think overall the the movie holds up pretty well. It does, uh, yeah. and the yeah in fact because they're using these practical effects, um, a few exceptions. Um, but yeah, the the graboids really work. It's a unique monster. Um, I don't really remember anything quite like it before or since. Uh, at least not to the point where it's basing a whole movie around it. I mean, there's like the sandworms in Dune, I guess. So the idea of a of a desert worm isn't necessarily a new one, but uh, to make yeah, this that's just, a, on a small scale, just to yeah. make this work, it, it works yeah. for what they've done it in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to mention that. Oh, while I haven't seen Dune, the movie, I did play Dune 2, the video game. <laughs> and there would be these worms that would come out of the ground and eat your tanks or your harvesters or whatever. Um, and just to follow up on your last one, where this is kind of like Jaws, i just now looking at the poster, which I've never seen before. And yeah. it, it is the Jaws poster. <laughs> yeah. 
I never saw that before. It's the trimmer under under the big mouth underground jaws wide open going toward the little people up top. So okay, little people. Well, they're little in this shot. Oh. <laughs> Alex, now it's your turn. Uh, my number six is just Egg Shen. <laughs> He's in this movie. <laughs> That's it. Walter Walter Chang's uh, what you would call it, uh, General Store. Yep. I was just delighted to see him in this movie. It's like now this movie has everything. I, I love that he's just a character. Like his ethnicity is like not even brought up. Just he's just a guy. He's just an actor. He's a good actor, and they got him for this role. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I wonder if the tremors came from the black blood of the earth. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> he didn't. You, you mean steaming bag was lost? You, so. you mean oil? <laughs> no, I mean black blood of the earth. It would have been funny if you would have grabbed that little bat when that came out of the ground. You would have grabbed that potion shit and threw it at them in the hole. Remember? Throw throw what down? Oh, the six, <laughs> yeah, the six demon six bag de- from the six demon bag. Yeah, <laughs> back to where you came. All right, um, my number five is the Gun Nut family, Michael Grossman and his wife. Um, Gino, I think most people know. Someone like that, and they're somehow through friends or family. These think the world's going to end, and they're at their the, uh, the doomsday preppers. Too much. They got the the bunkers and the <laughs> yeah survivalists. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, yeah, I but, um, but yeah, yeah, they're just awesome. Yeah, it is funny. Like as you said before, Jeff, the only thing I know Michael Gross from is the Family Ties. <laughs> And Tremors. And where he's a hippie, right? Yeah, yeah. He plays a hippie there. Like, and this character could not be kind of further in the the, the spectrum, really. Um, yeah. Keeping it, without getting political. Uh, just, <laughs> and they, I, I, it's great how they, they, it, I wouldn't necessarily call it a gag, but the, um, the whole scene with the elephant gun. They just keep going, grabbing gun after gun after gun after gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then them making the pipe bombs. Yeah. Uh, and just there's a scene. Uh, it's toward, that's in the later half where he's upset with uh, Kevin Bacon. And he starts like fuming and his wife's like, it's all right. It's all right. And he's like tips his cap. And I just like a little bit of acting right there. That thought was really good. He, did he check his map too? He didn't check his map, but he did tip his oh. cap. He wasn't really tipping it. He was more like just, you know, <laughs> stress relief. Just <laughs> stress right out. Oh, one of those. Yeah. But, uh, the Gunnut family is my number five. Mm. Scott. All right. Number five is the, the rec room scene. <laughs> the they they picked the gosh darn wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. As I said a second ago, them them grabbing gun after gun after gun and that ridiculous fucking shotgun. <laughs> like I wonder what it'd be like <laughs> I can't imagine that's a real gun. Like I said, I think they just modeled it for the movie. Um, but imagine, like, kickback on that thing, firing those slugs out. I know. Your shoulder would be, well, out of its socket. <laughs> yeah, it would be, be fucking ridiculous. Uh, but I like how they're, like, organized they are. Like, at one point, Reba McIntyre's like, clip! And you, you just toss it to the clip. <laughs> and they just go down mm-hmm. this thing. Um, they practice. And it, it is cool, like, they're everybody's stuck on a roof. And they just hear the gunshots in the in the distance as they're pinging away. Um, it's just a, f- a fun scene. 
Uh, we need yes. to see what, what would happen when you shot bullets at these things. And it turns out not to be that effective unless you use a giant fucking gun. Yeah, <laughs> right into their mouth. Yeah, a big fucking gun. Yeah. Um, the BFG. Also, that's a pretty horrible bunker. And there's like windows right to the outside in it. But I guess it's the rec bunker. room, not the bunker. Yeah. <laughs> Which is even funnier because that just means that it's not it's not the bunker. It's the rec room. <laughs> that's where they go to have fun and clean all the guns. With other guns. Yeah. Um, so, we have a little sidetrack. The, how many trimmers are there in the, or graboids? Are there four? There's three. I think there's four. I think it's three. Because they kill, they kill the one right with away. the cement thing, yeah. and then the girl says, according to, my, to these readings, there's at least three more of them. Yeah, so the one at the very beginning that runs into the wall and dies. Uh, and okay. Then, and, and then, then the one other that ones. Gro- Michael Gross kills, and then the bomb in the, the mouth. That, yeah, and then the last one was the one that's missing one of the snakes. Snake mouth. Tongues. Yeah, and it goes over the cliff. Yeah, okay. it, yeah. In the the first one, I don't remember now. Was it the same size as the other three? Yeah, I think so. I thought they were. Yeah, just okay. the last one's smarter. That's all. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, um, Alex. Uh, my number five is <laughs> when uh, uh, the girl, what's her face, the college student, the seismologist, gets her. Uh, feet caught in barbed wire and she has to take off her pants to uh, escape and then they get back in the shop and you see Kevin Bacon uh, kind of treating her wounds and whatnot and everything. He's like, you're alright? Yeah. And everything's kind of normal. Then they look over <laughs> and his buddy, what's his face, is just sitting there smoking a cigarette with a creepy smile on his face. <laughs> I was dying. And the fact that they look at him then they look at each other, and then they look back at him, and he's still got that same smile on his face. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, creeper. Funny creeper. Uh, I don't think I really, really noticed that before. I'll have to pay attention next time I watch. <laughs> the great Fred Ward. <laughs> yep, Fred Ward. <laughs> then she finally gets some new pants. <laughs> All right. Um, my number four is just the overall concept and kind of what Scott mentioned either. It's, it's, it's a simple... Just a little horror movie. That's, in, I mean, the daylight thing. I didn't even think about. But you're right. But just ah. <laughs> simple concept. I just like it. There's these ground worms that are chasing these people out in the in the desert, and they have to stay on their roofs. And um, yeah, just it's easy to watch. <laughs> it's an easy horror movie to watch and enjoy. Yep. And uh, that's just it. It's fun. I think this movie is just fun. If you had to put it, just like Jaws, fun. Um, <laughs> This is like the B movie of Jaws. That's good. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's not a lesser Bird- Jaws. Not, not Birdemic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not all these that they're trying to make now. Yeah, like Birdemic and Sharknado and Tyrannosaurus Rantula or whatever the hell they're fucking. Doing, so. <laughs> a lava Lantula. <laughs> starring Ralph Garman. Sharktopus. <laughs> Sharktopus. Damn you, Sharktopus. <laughs> all right, Scott, number four. Okay. Number four is, we've already talked about him, but Victor Wong. Uh, just an underappreciated actor that unfortunately got typecast just for for being Chinese most of the time. Even though sometimes he played Japanese dudes too. But um, it's just cool just him getting to be an actor. Um, so Three ninjas. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was playing a Japanese guy. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's just a fun character. Um, it's cool to see him uh, in this. So, Victor Wong. Mm-hmm. That's my, mm-hmm. my number five. Uh, you're four. Four. Right? So Scott, number four Alex, four. My number four is, you guys touched on it a little bit, the friendship between uh, Earl and Valentine. They got they got a good thing going. They're like you could tell that they're just like hetero life mates if they're not related because they don't <laughs> say in the movie. They're just like you know Wayne and Garth, the Jay and Silent Bob, and Earl and Valentine. There yeah, it is. There, there, there it is. is. <laughs> paper paper rock sisters. Whenever they're disagree- disagreement. Bologna yeah. and beans. <laughs> nah, I remember eggs. That was definitely me. <laughs> All right, my number three, and it's the I don't. It's the the Mexican dude in the in the show. And when the, <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> and when they're coming up with their plan, and he's like, "Why don't you turn on the lawnmower and have it chasing around if it likes the noise so much? Let it chase it all over." Ah, oh, it's so bad, but it <laughs> just kills me every single time. That was a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, but there is accent hey, delivery. Who knows lawnmowers better than Mexicans? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Let him we follow know, it all over if he yeah. likes that noise, man. Jeebus H. Um, I work with a regular push lawnmower for a bit. That sucked. Yeah, anyway, I think I think on this podcast we've all done our time behind the mower. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's no bueno. Ours was a death machine that had a exposed spark plug. Whenever you change the bin, you got electric. It was like playing Operation. I'm not even joking. That's awesome. Uh, I remember one time uh, I had to go to my grandparents' house and mow, and I got done, and I thought I was going to die. Like I was sweating, and I was lightheaded, and I never like felt that way before or since. And I was I was telling somebody about it, and they're like, "Yeah, because it was 110 degrees outside." Like oh yeah, that that'd probably do it. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right, well we should be saving these stories when we do the lawnmower, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lawnmower. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Stay tuned, listeners. <laughs> that is on the schedule at some point. Um, <laughs> where are we at? Scott now, right? Number uh, three. Number three. Uh, no, you just did. You just did yours, right? Yeah, I did mine three. So it's Scott's number three. Okay, so my number three is Michael Gross. Uh, we okay. pretty much covered everything here. Uh, he's I was calling just... him Grossman earlier. Yeah, you were. Your <laughs> <Okay. laughs> name's Krabappel. I've been calling her Crandall. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's great here. Is the kind of redneck survivalist thing, and gets a, a lot of funny lines. And as Jeff said, there's he puts little touches on it that still makes him likable. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he he has a, a great line toward the end of the movie. When they're lighting the fuses, or they're making the pipe bombs, and Fred Ward, just just for exposition point sake, just so he could say this line, but it's still funny. He asks him, what kind of fuse is that? And he says, oh, it's cannon fuse. He says, what what do you have cannon fuse for? My cannon. (laughs) Just looks like I'm like, you stupid, like, my cannon. Yeah. Why else would I have cannon fuse? So yeah, Michael Gross is great here. That's my number three. So let me ask you this. Do you think he was right and they should have made a stand at his place? Or ultimately were Kevin Bacon and Ward? No. Right? Yeah, I think I think by they were time, right to get well, out of there. By that time, 
Yeah, by that time, all the deaths that, well, you know, having seen the whole movie, everybody that was going to die had died already. Spoiler alert. So, by the time they got on the thing. So, so also, they still had some idea of how many were out there, but I'll, maybe they weren't sure. So that would have been enough for them to get out of there. Plus, they went through, like, almost all their fucking ammunition. <laughs> I doubt it. That guy had another layer, layer to it. I don't think they did. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> they went through a decent chunk of their ammunition. And he probably had all the equipment to refill all the ammo, too, all the shells he could repack and use again. So I think they should have stayed. Although, they, no, and they weren't, they couldn't outdig his house, right? They were doing the ones in town, but his house, they weren't, like, um, because remember they were like digging underneath the houses. Well, it came to that that wall, so maybe it could have eventually gotten That's underneath true. if it wanted to. That's true. I don't think that worm expected like an open space when it was feeling the vibrations. That's why it got caught like in the thing. In the I think basement. it was just so they could animate a cool puppet behind the wall. Well, like, that too, <laughs> <laughs> which was awesome. Um, all right, uh, Alex. My number three is uh, at the very end when um, Kevin Bacon – I like when movies uh, – when characters learn from themselves pretty much. So when Kevin Bacon at the very end like kind of realized – kind of had a plan but not really and he was hoping it would work. Like kind of at the beginning where he just haphazardly lured the worm into that cement wall and it killed itself. He kind of did the same thing at the very end. Where he was just having the worm follow him and then using the worm's own strength and speed against it and then dodged out of the way so that it would go off that cliff. Except his plan was so terrible. He didn't even have the lighter with him. Yeah, that was yeah, that was I pretty know. terrible when the when the girl has to be like <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, I've got it and she has to start running after them. <laughs> that was that was a very like big trouble little China esque like Yep. <laughs> bit of a plot tying up the plot. That was awesome. <laughs> and then these, these worms actually did look like giant turds, and that turd just fell right to the ground and splatted in a glorious fashion. Yeah, smashing pumpkins. <laughs> Homer uh, Simpson smiling politely. All right, so my number two is, um, that's where we're at now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is related to that scene, and I always die, is his... The random jump that he makes to get out of the way at the last second. <laughs> yeah, that's the, pretty, that's the 18 amazing. camera yeah, shows amazing. up where there's no need for him to jump. The thing was going over the rails no matter what. The money it, shot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so just that camera is the A-team camera and him playing chicken with it made absolutely no sense because it wasn't going after him. It was just getting away from the sound. So... That always cracks me up whenever I watch it, and but it fits in. It fits in with the movie, which makes it brilliant. Fuck uh, yeah! I do. I do like like right before oh, they. Wait, that was the first kill. Before they, before all three of them take off, there's like the most obvious set piece in the entire movie. <laughs> so Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward are standing there, and then Kevin Bacon runs off, and Fred Ward's still standing there, and one of the grab boy tentacles picks up, and you can see like the. The mat on the ground that's covered with sand that they're using, like you can tell that <laughs> <Yeah>. it's like that's <laughs> prefabricated. Watch it again. I don't remember that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Well, your number two. My number two is has been brought up before, but Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon, 
they're they're both great in this. Uh, they they have the, the friendly rivalry. Rivalry. They're they're both likable. Uh, I I do like that. There's no real um, like again. T- this is light horror. I do like that. There's no human trying to fuck things up. So like complicated yeah, things. I, it's like un- it's unnecessary. And it's not The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. So there's no, <laughs> uh, you know, there's no tension from that really, um, and I think it, it serves the movie well. Just keep it again simple. Um, and the two of them are, you know, very simple, fairly simple characters. But you know, again, both likable, uh, and as the the two two of the three heroes, I would say, uh, they they do a good job of carrying the, the movie. And like the third one, I'm assuming is the girl, right? There's no like love triangle there either. Just the age difference makes it like it's not really. Yeah, I don't know. He was creeping on those legs. <laughs> that's true, but <laughs> at the end of the movie, you know, he's the one that's telling him to get in there and do yeah. something. And yeah. So, um, all right, very cool, Alex. My number two is just the location, desert landscaping. Uh, not really. I mean. Nowadays, you see a lot of cities, a lot of exotic locales and everything, but it, it's rare when you see a movie that's just sprawling, just desert, just everywhere. <laughs> you got to watch movies with my dad, then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's all it is. Old, old school westerns. I know. It's got that old school <laughs> feel to Movies it. to make you thirsty. Mm-hmm. I grew up as a kid around, you know. I grew up I as a kid, to too. <laughs> in a lot of deserts. Well, not a lot, but in the Mexican deserts and and whatnot. So it it always brings back fond memories when I see like those landscapes and stuff, and I want to go back. I'm gonna have to disagree with you, Alex. Living in the desert sucks. <laughs> it's no nostalgic. Way. Yeah, yeah. For me, it is. I'm, you know, we're desert people. Me and my family. So. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. Something about deserts or desserts, hmm. fatty. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> that cookie's kicking in. No, I didn't have one. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, yeah. What the hell is here talking about deserts? <laughs> Fred Warden growing up. Making... Deserts. deserts. It's all right. Must Bacon have been a, Must have been a lie. Must have been the steroids. <laughs> oh no no no. Do you know where, where this takes place? I forget. Is it Texas? Is it New no, Mexico? I thought it was New Mexico. It's, ne- it's Nevada. Nevada? Is it Nevada? Yeah, because yeah, cause they have a lot... Of, some of the cars have Nevada plates, and uh, I think that's all I'm basing that on. Okay. You know, the, the the station wagon that they find buried in there has Nevada plates on it. All right. Fair enough. It is a desert. Hey, so really and they go into Bixby. Is Bixby in... Do we see that? Going to Vegas? I don't think so. I, thought, I think we did. I thought we do. We see an exit for Bixby. We see an exit for Zizix. <laughs> I was just gonna say Zizix. <laughs> well, there was that one exit we pulled over one time. Where we're pretty. We're pretty sure that's where they bury bodies. <laughs> oh yeah. Or graboids. That was hilarious because we all had to pee, and we got out there, and there was like four other cars <laughs> with dudes doing the same thing we were. <laughs> Everybody had to pee. The yeah. pee spot in the desert. Yeah. No, the one that was scary was there was a car pulled over, but nobody was there. Oh, they're out burying bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we're on to my number one. <laughs> my number one. This is so stupid, but I love it. It's 
God, I don't even remember when it happens. It's either when they kill when they kill one or when they uh, lure it away so he can get the tractor and, and uh, attach it to the the thing. <laughs> and the young teenage boy that Alex <laughs> mentioned earlier. Yeah, this piece of shit. Yeah, he goes, way to go, dudes. And then, oh, yeah, that's after they, they kill one. Or they announce that uh, uh, Michael Gross killed okay. one. Okay. And then yeah. so he goes, way to go, dudes. Dudes, and then there's the other like white trash guy with the trucker hat, and he goes, "All right," and he's just like pumping back and forth with his hat in his hand. I I laugh uncontrollably every single time because it's so ridiculous. It's like these random cut shots that they just put into this movie, and it's he's doing and it's the hand motions, it's the lines with the hand motions of the way yeah. to go, dudes. He's doing like the hang loose signs, and the guy with his hat just pumping it like kirk gibson went with this trucker hat in his hand and, <laughs> oh god it gets me every i know time. who that is i think <laughs> who kirk gibson is yeah you better know who he is i think i know who he is <laughs> the guy from the dodgers that's going around the bases pumping his arms when he won yes yeah good job alex the gibbs <laughs> you know you're los angeles one of the greatest <laughs> moments in los angeles sports history because i saw it live Good. On TV. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you were hoping Fernando Valenzuela was pitching, right? Well, yeah, or Oral Hershiser. Oral Hershiser. Um, or Tim <laughs> Belcher. All right. Uh, Scott. Okay. Uh, so my number one is <laughs> Rednecks versus Science. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> A lot of horror movies with monsters like this, they they default to some scientist or some really smart person that oh, if I could get the pH balance, yeah, yeah, that, this yeah, yeah, figures out some bullshit way to like actually kill the thing. But in the end, what what wins is a an elephant gun, a giant tractor, and some dynamite. <laughs> that's that's pretty much how they take care of business, and I and I appreciate that. that there's no. There's no genius Deus Ex Machina here. I mean, there there are a few leaps of, of logic here with like the sound and things like that, but uh, just it's just kind of them observing a little bit of trial and error, um, and yeah, they just they use guns and dynamite. <laughs> so I, TCB, baby. Yeah, I I really like that, that there wasn't the the usual super smart person that tells people everyone figures out what needs to happen and just a bunch of rednecks. Yep, I agree. You guys should check your chat history. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy pumping the sass for Way to go, dude. <laughs> As an aside, who who the hell is that? Whose parents are that are that do that kids belong to? I don't like that they say. Yeah, because I thought it was the dude with the trucker head. I thought that was his dad. Turns out, no. Wait, is the dude in the trucker hat? Is that the guy who gets in the tire? Yeah, he gets stuck through the tire. You gotta get high ground. You gotta get higher. Tire. (laughs) Gotta get off the ground. No, you gotta get higher. All right. (laughs) Oh, this gif is hypnotizing. Um, All you have to type in is "trimmers way to go, dude," and it popped up. (laughs) I love the internet. All right, uh, Alex, finish us off. 
Number one, I love. I'm a sucker for good puppets, good puppeteering, good traditional special effects in movies and TV shows, and this one was no slouch. Uh, I love the way the the sand shifts. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's very liquidy. Sometimes it's you know rough and hard. It go, it goes through the gamut of you know uh, which would sand with something gigantic would move through sand. It's very effective way of uh spending your budget too because you don't have to show the monster you're just moving sands or the uh posts as they're running along the post the fence all the posts are like breaking off and stuff and when they finally show the worm and it comes out and all those other worms come out of its mouth oh so gross it's so cool yeah <laughs> that's that's an engineering feat right there that's really cool. I love those puppets. It's a very uh, ingenious uh, creature. Design. Yeah, some some great creature work going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Plus all the exploding guts after that first one eats the pipe bomb. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, let's rate this guy. I give it a six. It's I. It's for the genre, everything. I just love it. Easily rewatchable. Um, it's not a, obviously it's not a perfect movie, <laughs> so I can't give it that. But this definitely falls in a six category. Like how um, I know a lot of Arnold movies would be a six for me. This is this is where this fits right in. Just I like it. I, you can poke holes in it all you want, but I don't care. It's fun, and uh, yeah, easy six for me, Scott. Ah, uh, this is tough. <laughs> uh, hmm. I will give it a. I gotta give it six as well. Um, yeah, you will. As far as easy to watch horror movies, this might be right at the top for me. Uh, it just yeah, very simple. Uh, definitely not too long. Definitely. Definitely. It just moves along. There's there's fun stuff going on. Uh, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward are great here. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and give it a six. <laughs> All right. Alex? Mm, I'm only going to give this one a five. You piece of shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Even though I like this movie, I, this is one of the ones I have to be like in a, in a bit of a mood to watch. I can't watch it all the time. But uh, the sum of his parts... Are are a lot better than the individual ones, and that's part of its charm. So, a five for me. All right, fair enough. So our crossover topic is our top um, top gun nuts in movies to uh, you know go off the Michael Gross Grossman Gross Gross what's his name Gross, gross. <laughs> just Gross just Gross Gross bro Mister. Huxtable, not Huxtable. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. What do you do, baby, without love? Uh, what do you do, baby, baby, without guns? <laughs> they were uh, Keaton's, but what was his name? Do you remember? Michael Keaton. I was just going to say that. <laughs> uh, it was Mallory and Alex and wow, I don't other daughter. Diane. Not <laughs> Diane. Oh. All right, whatever. This is not a family ties episode. So, um, 
Gun nuts. And uh, honorable mention to one of my friends' fathers, but I won't say the names <laughs> on the air. Um, <laughs> number five is, I don't know the guy's name. The guy the guy from the Jackass movie movies? The guy who's the head of Jackass? What's his Knoxville? name? Knoxville? Yeah. Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville? Yeah. And The Last Stand. Okay. Oh. Damn it. Yeah, he collects all those movies. Uh, he has. You mentioned the other day he has the Conan sword, and then he's got the Gatling gun from T two, I believe. But he has all that stuff in there. So, shit, I should watch the movie again. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville from Last Stand. It's you know what of his comeback movies. It's my favorite one. I'm not, not saying it's good, but it's my favorite one of the, the comeback <laughs> movies. <laughs> it's enjoyable. Um, so, Alec Scott. Damn it. <laughs> So it's uh, real quick. Um, real quick. It's Elise and Steven are the parents. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, my number five is John Matrix. Wait, whose parents? That annoying kids? No, uh, Michael J. Fox's parents in, in um, oh, the Keaton family. Oh, Elise and Steven Keaton. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but with a ghost gun. Yeah, number five, <laughs> uh, gun nut is John Matrix from Commando. Oh, you son of a bitch! That's my number one. How is that your number five? It, he's not a gun nut. He, is he? He's yes, just he a, is. He's Beca- a because because it's my number five, not higher, Alex. Because it's he he's a gun nut, but they only delve into it a couple times, and then he uses everything too, so it's justified. So it actually makes him less of a nut. But the fact that he's retired special nah. forces and he has a uh, uh, a shed full <laughs> yeah, of a two code yeah, a two, two number code <laughs> literally tens of combinations open up that bad boy. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah he's he's a gun nut. And then when they go to the store, like he fucking grabs everything. That's how he gets Rock caught. If he just grabbed a few things, he wouldn't got caught. But he had to grab everything because he's because he's gun nut. But fun. come on, you know you always imagine like, what if he didn't get caught and he actually got to use that bazooka? Oh, that would have been so cool. Yep. Remember that last those last two shopping carts, or at least last shopping cart, didn't get to use. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Alex. My number five is Billy from Beverly Hills Cop. I almost thought about. I almost added that one. That's a good one. That's number three on my list. <laughs> he opens the trunk to shitload of guns. This person's like, Jeebus, Billy. It's Beverly Hills Cop 2, by the way. Yeah. Well, then there you go. Yeah, it's not the first one, but it's the second one. Well, sorry. I just <laughs> remembered it was from Beverly Hills Cop. He's got Women. the trench coat on. <laughs> yeah. Brigitte Nielsen. But yeah, arm to the teeth. You know, and like I said, the reason I bring up two is because in the first one they set up, he's just this, I mean, he has this little sick shooter and he's never really pulled it. He's just a, you know, the Beverly Hills cop or nothing. And then the second one, after spending a week with Axel Foley, Axel Foley. <laughs> yeah, he turns into Rambo and he's got everything in there. And like we talked about the Predator 2 episode uh, a few episodes ago where like he opens his trunk and that's what Billy has in the back of his trunk. Yeah. Rosewood. And it came in handy. Yeah. All right, um, my number four is Sledgehammer. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember, I don't know if most of you guys know what that is. But it was yeah, a no, I know what you're that, talking about, yeah. 
eighties, early nineties. And uh, he was in love with his. I think he had a forty-four Magnum yeah. or something. But yeah, he'd so, sleep with. So it. I don't know how many guns he actually had, but he definitely was a nut about his one gun. <laughs> yes, he would sleep with his gun and yeah, polish it yeah. and go on dates with the night. Did he like and... take that? Take like take it in the shower with him? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was his sexual partner, basically. Uh, so yeah, sledgehammer, gun nut. 80s TV show. I'm sure it doesn't hold up, so I'm not going to tell anybody to watch it, but it was a funny show. <laughs> but you should watch it. <laughs> I mean, I think it only lasted like one season, so yeah. it wasn't even good in the 80s. But, uh, <laughs> I think my dad it, liked it, so therefore we watched it as a kid, <laughs> and it was on. Uh, so yeah. Um, Alright, Scott. Number four. Okay. Number four is... Uh, so in Hot Fuzz, <laughs> uh, they uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost characters, and the the one British cop who they can't understand, <laughs> they they go to check up on a, a farm. I forget why, but uh, there's this old crazy farmer who's actually uh, Walter Frey from Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, yeah. He's got the shotgun, and they ask him if he has a license for the shotgun, and he. He responds in like complete gibberish, and then the uh, the the cop that speaks gibberish translates for him, and the Nick Frost has to translate for him, even though they're all speaking English. <laughs> and the guy says, "I've got a license for this one," and they yeah they say, "Oh, so you have so you must have more." And they go to the shed, and they just do this like long uh, series of cuts to the like this ton of guns that this old farmer has in the middle of nowhere. And he's also got a a uh, a world, like a World War Two sea mine or an ocean mine or yeah, like, it's a, that's an that's a sea mine. Yeah, um, it's just it's it's a great scene. <laughs> the, the guy just complete gibberish. <laughs> but yeah, this old farmer's got the shed full of all these like high tech guns yeah. and a mine. So that's my number four. <laughs> all right, uh, Alex. My number four is when the Boondock Saints <laughs> find them. They finally they take care of the Russians and they have all this paraphernalia and stuff. And they go to the one guy from the IRA and they just throw him the money clips and the other guns. And he just flips on a couple lights and goes, <laughs> it tosses them some duffel bags. Says go nuts. So that guy. You know what we need? Rope. Oh yeah, actually, Ryan. This is the movies. Or something like that. It's a good fucking rope. Alright. You guys gotta put this on one of your lists. I haven't watched Boondock Saints yeah. all the way through ever, I don't think. So What? Dude, alright. Remember like I, on St. Patrick's Day you guys would always watch it, but I'd be hammered. I don't remember any of it, so <laughs> That's the only way to watch it. <laughs> uh so I don't remember that scene, but I'm sure it's good because you guys always bring up this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's got Daryl awesome from they... Walking Dead in it, right? Yes. Yeah. He was your friend, Dade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They also have, uh, during that scene, they have this awesome, uh, like, 50s crooner, like, Blue Moon type of song going on. Like, <laughs> like they're falling in love with all these guns that they've just been shown. And they, they're like kids in a candy store trying to get everything. Ugh. Awesome. All right, uh, my number three was Rosewood from Beverly Hills Cop 2. So, Scott, yeah. you're number three. 
All right. My number three is Jane Cobb from Firefly. The TV show or the movie, either one. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, yeah. Particularly on the on the TV show where he's got that, that high-tech uh, future rifle <laughs> that he wants to trade the captain for for his, uh, his would-be bride. <laughs> he's named it Vera. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes. Oh yeah, that's the one. And, yeah, that he has to dress in a in a suit yeah to for get the oxygen, oxygen yeah, to get yeah. The fire. Yeah. One uh, <laughs> one of my favorite lines out of anything ever was the the whole time they they set up the scene with like the tense music and Jane's all serious and says I <laughs> he shows up at a gut with a gun like in the middle of the ship and they make you think that oh like he's gonna like shoot him or something and then. <laughs> Instead, he like offers it to him, <laughs> and, and Nathan Fillion's just like shaking his head, and he says, "Well, my days of taking you, of not taking you seriously have certainly come to a middle." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. in the beginning of the Firefly movie, like he he's like got grenades strapped to his like chest, and you know he makes him take it off, and uh, it's hilarious. So, yeah, Jane Cobb. All right. Alex. My number three is Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. Are you, are you going to allow this? Because I had this as my questionable second, if you guys want uh, to I think This it's... is my number one, so I will allow it. Oh, okay. Oh. All right, yeah, because she has she's, that, she's that definitely gun nut. hidden cache of weapons. It turns yeah. out to be justified, but she's definitely a gun nut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh, hey, Uncle Bob. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Bob. Bob. <laughs> he just lifts that toddler from his Oshkosh Magosh. <laughs> to pull the whole metal grate out of the ground. Oh, so cool. Going How about the metal out of my fucking teeth while you're at? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Sarah Connor. Yeah, I mean, that little shed thing has freaking has everything. I and mean, that's when Jeez. Arnold picks up the... Yeah, he smirks. The Terminator smirks. I know, he picks up the Gatling. Whatever that is, the minigun. It's, it's, it's definitely, definitely you. <laughs> and Thumbs he picks up. up that... What is the gun that he ends up shooting the T-1000 with? The, the grenade bullets? Whatever yeah, that thing is. so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that a real gun? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a yeah grenade launcher. Yeah, it launch, it's a launcher, and yeah, it launches... like. Like in the movie, it was launching grenade rounds or uh, gas. It's like the the noob tube from uh, Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. Oh no, right. yeah, that different thing. You got to load in one at a time. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it's also like the attack the an aliens, right? I mean, it's the same kind of round, basically. I know it's a futuristic movie, but it's kind of the same thing, right? The grenade launcher that she has, yeah, something like that, or he has, yeah. Well, that one's more akin to the one in in. Uh, Commando, where he has the grenade launcher on the top of the uh, M16. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> is it launches actual... grenades. Yeah, is there an actual grenade launcher that like launches like hand grenades? <laughs> no. <laughs> you throw those with your hand. <laughs> I guess I always thought as a kid like a grenade launcher just launched <laughs> hand grenades. Oh. Well, no, because, okay, it's not that stupid of a question, because if you look at a regular hand grenade, like the ones with, like, the, the ribs. Like pineapples? Yeah, I mean, they're like that for more shrapnel reasons, right? Yeah. Whereas the the ones they have in guns don't have that, so, like, do, can they put out as much shrapnel then? I don't know. See? Science. 
<laughs> they're just smooth for aerodynamics. I know, and that's why they're smooth. But that means they, but that means they probably can't give out as much shrapnel, I guess, as a heart as a regular probably. hand grenade. It's probably that... an in betweener. <laughs> all right. Um, so anyway, I guess we sounds like we all agreed on Sarah Connor. Um, uh-huh. That was my number two. So uh, Alex. My number one is just Frank no, Castle, number two. the Punisher. No, number two. Yeah. My number two. Well, you said number one. Okay. Well, my number two is Frank Castle, the Punisher. Okay. Boom. That's a good one. I didn't even think about that. Fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. Good. Even in, his, in the comic books, Jeebus H. He's a, nobody can really get it. It's like... Nobody wants Frank Castle on their side, really. It's like you're a good guy, but are you? You just stand over there. Even when they need him, they're like, mm. he's always just murdering people. <laughs> I mean, he's better to be on your side than not on your side. <laughs> True. <laughs> and one thing in the comic books that I don't know if they'll ever touch upon in TV series or in the movies, but he never raises a hand against Captain America, ever. That's his code. What? Hmm. Yeah, in the comic books, like, they show a flashback of him and Cap in, like, Vietnam, and he's training people. And he picks Frank Castle to, like, spar against. And he's like, come on, you gotta give me your best shot. And he's like, nope, I'd never raise a hand against... Against, against you, America. Ever. Yeah. Is that America, it's or Cap. because he's from the military uh, as well? I, I, I think it's just because he's the Cap, and he stands for more than just cannon. Because I, f- cause I yeah, feel like, it's in, it's I feel like Frank Castle would, would try to beat his ass if he was in his way. I mean, I'd kill him, but... Mm. Well, this is in the comic books. Okay. So it's canon. So I don't know if they're ever going to show that in the film or in the, te- in the TV show. And that'd be rad if uh, Punisher showed up in the Infinity War. <laughs> I don't know where you just he shoots fucking, Thanos to fucking death. couple of sawed off why didn't you guys do this your fucking magic hammers and fancy robot suits just put a bullet in his brain Frank Castle hero is he gonna be in the Defenders probably not right uh, he, has, he didn't show yeah, up side character maybe he didn't show up in any of the trailers but that doesn't necessarily mean anything yeah but I mean yeah, like they showed just about everything else so I tend to think they would have shown something about him if he was going to be there. Alright. Um, mm-hmm. So where are we at? We had... Uh... Number ones. Right? Are we? Okay. Um, my number one is Tackleberry from the Police Academy movies. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I really should have had this one. <laughs> I, I, that was my number two, by the way. I think we should oh, see, yes, yeah, oh, skip. yeah, why didn't you speak up? I falling asleep here sorry <laughs> um, yes go ahead Jeff <laughs> well I mean he's just the, that's his yeah, character yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure in the thing it was called Gunnut Tackleberry if you haven't kids if you haven't seen the Police Academy movies do yourself a favor and watch a couple yeah. of them they're not the, right. the best I'm sure they don't hold up that well but they were funny oh they do you got a guy who makes weird noises with his voice. You got a, uh, a crazy gun nut. You got a girl with a little squeaky voice who move it, dirtbag. You got Hightower. You got the <laughs> girl with the big boobs. You got and you got Mahoney. What Mahoney. Else do you need? 
he only drives on two wheels. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you got the bad guy, Proctor Jones. You got Bobcat going with and <laughs> do all the voices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yep. <laughs> Leaps the sweeps and the creeps. <laughs> yeah. So there it is. Tackleberry. Yeah. The one thing I'll add nice. to Tackleberry um, is my number two as well. Uh, the So as a kid, the there was nothing more entertaining than the the fifth movie. The one in New York without Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> so the second one without the Gooch. Without the Gooch. Uh, really? But they, they're they fighting that... The, 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 that's number two. Hmm. Oh. What? Yeah, Police Academy 2 was Citizens on Patrol. All right, continue on, Scott. I'll look this up. You know, number yeah, five yeah. was like in like in New York or something, or not assignment in New York or something like that. But there's they go to New York, um, no, no Mahoney, uh, but they're fighting a uh, like a crime fighting team that's like they're they're kind of doppelgangers, they're alter egos. So you have, like, one guy that's super strong, and then you have, like, one guy who's good at martial arts, uh, which is all traits they developed throughout the <laughs> throughout the series. And then you have the one guy that's really good with guns, like Tackleberry. And they, they Tackleberry meets up with this other guy, and they have this shoot-off. But instead of actually shooting at each other, they, they like, shoot at a wall to, like, make pictures. And uh, the, the enemy guy makes a smiley face, like... And then he looks over because he thinks he's going to win. And then Tackleberry takes like a fucking like M16 and shoots out have a nice day <laughs> into the wall and the guy just runs away. <laughs> so that's my Tackleberry. My number two. <laughs> Alright, just to clarify, the second one is their first assignment. Oh, yeah. Three is back in training. Four okay. is Citizens on Patrol. Five's Damn. Miami? I think that's good. Yeah, because this one has the hot air balloon in it, four. So I think that's the one where Gutenberg flies away, and never comes back. <laughs> oh, okay, we're sharing stuff. <laughs> yeah, five yeah. is Miami Beach, and six under siege. Jeez, and seven mission to Moscow. Mission oh, to Moscow. I, I don't think I. Oh saw man, mission, mission to Moscow. Moscow is amazing. It's got it's got Ron Perlman. It's got Claire Forlani. It's got uh, um, goddamn it. It's got Christopher goddamn Lee. <laughs> star-studded cast <laughs> and then the 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 rest of the this one didn't even have the guy that replaced Mahoney <laughs> like a third guy <laughs> and everybody else yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to look so that it's George the, the, the title listing is George Gaines oh Mahoney <laughs> Winslow yeah. Tackleberry Callahan Harris, I don't even see. Is is uh, Hicks not there? Or Hooks? I mean, which one's Hooks? The the soft spoken yeah, the, lady, the tiny black woman. No, I don't, I don't see her name. At least okay, she might not be twenty in credits. Yeah. I don't was, but it looks at the recurring characters. It's Michael Winslow, Gaines, uh, Callahan, Captain Harris. Hightower was in there. And that looks about it. Bubba Smith. Um, except at least not in the first, like I said, 20 okay. castles. I don't know if he's... Yeah, that, that, that's probably... <laughs> yeah. Jeez. 
Alright. Damn, Police Academy. That's going on the list. Yeah, we should do at least one of the first few. Um, Alright, so where are we at now? That was my number, number one. one and number one. Have you guys done yours? So my number one... Uh, um, John made... Yeah, go ahead. My number one was Sericana. Oh, there it is. And mine was John Matrix. Okay. So there we is. are done. All right. Uh, any uh, feedback on this one? Yes. William Grimwood right. strikes back. He's got the top five gun nuts. His number five is Hit Girl from kick uh, I thought about that one. That's a good one. Uh, cable from every, any Marvel comic book in the 90s. <laughs> you are right about that. Jeebus <laughs> H. This is the Rob Liefeld uh, number... cable. <laughs> yeah. The Liefeld dealers. Uh, number three is Tackleberry from Police Academy. Academy. Number two. Son of a bitch. Yosemite Sam. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I really should have thought yeah, of that one. That makes sense. Damn, too many gun nuts. What about... And his number one. Go ahead. Number one, Frank Castle. Okay. Punisher. <laughs> uh, honorable mention to the uh, the Texan from Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> the the rootinest, tootinest, pollutinest theme park ever. <laughs> yeah. That's just a rip off of Yosemite Sam, though. So that yeah. <laughs> Yippee ki yay! Yeah, thanks, William. Awesome. Thanks, William. Yep, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So, uh, tragic news that I just found out about Uh-oh. today. The uh, recent death of uh, Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> he died October 6, 1999. <laughs> a, mo- a moment of silence. <laughs> a moment of silence for Gorilla Monsoon. I-, I would talk about it, but it's still too near. <laughs> It's one of the greats from WWF. Started as, as as a career wrestler, and then in the WWF, and then uh, as an announcer. Right? You finished off his career. Yeah, if, what I what I was mentioning earlier today. I what I remember as a kid was that he would do all the big pay per views with um, Jesse the Body Ventura, and I th- and usually that would be Vince's Vince McMahon's job. But I think during the big shows, he had to actually go down and like run things, so he would give up. Uh, announcing right, uh, announcing duties to Gorilla Monsoon. So I think that's why, as a kid, I thought he was he was always my favorite because I think he was always the ones that I would hear like in the big events. It was always Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body. So, but the reason this came up, inside joke, someone posted it was a monsoon today, and then Scott posted a picture of Gorilla Monsoon. I still don't know why. And then we started, why that the monsoon thing even started. I think in for Jacob is it? Maybe there was a monsoon. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah, oh, that's right. I, for, I forgot Jacob <laughs> changed his name. God damn it. No wonder it didn't make any sense to me. Okay, okay. Sorry. And then special guest Brian like saw all these messages. Oh, what? Did Monsoon die? <laughs> yeah. Monsoon died? And I said, no. We're just being stupid. And I was like, wait, I don't know. Maybe he died years ago. And then we looked it up. And yeah, sadly, he died in 1999. And then... 1999. <laughs> so, yes, that is, yes, died, but... that is a badass name, too, by the way, <laughs> for a wrestler. Gorilla, Gorilla Monsoon. Monsoon. Maybe his Harry is yeah. a gorilla, so I know how he got the name. <laughs> At least the gorilla part. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I know we have some WWF fans out there, so they probably enjoy Gorilla Monsoon as well. R.I.P. Yeah. 
Robert James Marilla. Marilla, gorilla, gorilla for sale. <laughs> All right, it's time for Nim News. Yeah, 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 it was, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to start things off with a review here, and that would be for uh-huh. the most recent Ghost in the Shell starring Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> How was uh, it? It was... <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> it was okay. Um, okay to bad. I, I wasn't irritated as I watched it, so it's got that going for it. Um, <laughs> like right. when I was with Lucy, the closest analog I can think of, like that one was actively making me angry. Um, the, the, there was enough kind of cool stuff going on, like sci-fi stuff, to keep me interested. Uh, yeah. I like how Scarlett Johansson like, walked around like this weird, stiff... Like robot thing, which she she'd still kind of do the head tilt that she did in Lucy, <laughs> so she kind of took a page out of that one. But yeah, just um, I I like the the setting, the colors. Um, it had uh, urine, <laughs> urine Greyjoy <laughs> in it uh, as one of the good guys. Um, mm. I I did enjoy because I uh, am familiar with the, Wait, the original was... movie and with the the. T- the animated TV series um, and a couple of the OAVs. And so they, there was a lot of callbacks to that that they never really explained, but it was fun for me because I recognize a lot of it. What were we going to say, Jeff? So the... Um, was was he his, like, partner? Or her yeah, partner? Yeah, he was the guy that gets... He, yeah, he was the guy that gets the robot, the robot eyes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, see, I watched this before. He was kind of a, a main character in Game of Thrones, so I didn't recognize yeah. him. Yeah. All right. Um... It's got that it had beat Takeshi. <laughs> of course. Um, and yeah, just some, some cool imagery, um, some cool practical effects, um, some really shitty CGI effects, uh, and some good ones. Um, yeah, all in all, it was, it was okay. Um, I'm trying to think of something that I really liked about it, and I, nothing's really coming to mind. A couple of the set pieces were really cool. I'll give it that. I was kind of disappointed they never had the Tachikomas. They, oh, the they, well, they had a spider tank, but not like the, the ones from like the yeah, 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 yeah. The OAB. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was a little disappointed in that. Although it's probably a smart move leaving it out because it probably would have looked ridiculous. Uh, yeah, Juliet Binoche is in this. Uh, another French, bringing it back around to previous podcast uh, mm-hmm. French people um, so yeah again it was okay I can't necessarily say that I recommend it but if you if you like Ghost in the Shell or you're looking for dumb action go ahead it won't leave you angry watch the anime folks yeah you're better off doing that yeah. at least at least the movie or the TV oh, cool. series is pretty solid yeah it is like I think I said when I watched it, like because I hadn't, I don't know nothing about the the comic or the the TV show or the movie. It's a decent sci-fi movie. Like I think I could see how you could be upset if this if it's not based on this. If you know the source material and it's so different, that's what I hear people say. I could see that, but if you don't know the source material, it's just a cool little sci-fi movie. I, mean, I didn't love it, but I didn't. Hate well, it I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think any of that dampened my enjoyment of it. Like, because I because I realized that like right off the bat that. It just wasn't going to be the same thing. 
Um, and yeah. So it was cool just to see the stuff that was following along with the, the series. Um, yeah, it was it was good. Uh, I wonder if this is going to be the last of these ScarJo action movies. Well, that's not true. She's doing Infinity. She's doing still doing Marvel stuff. I take that back. Yeah. Yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Uh, the last of the standalone. Although, I wonder I wonder why they haven't, like, this. it's been a while since there's been any buzz about a, uh, a Black Widow movie. Um, so we've got Captain Marvel coming out, um, which will be the first uh, woman uh, Marvel movie is the main character. Um, we still gotta wonder why ScarJo didn't get get her movie in first. Like, maybe they they just felt there wasn't enough there, in the source material. Like, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird that they didn't try to cash maybe in wanted, on that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe they wanted somebody a bit more just super since. Yeah. I mean, the Black yeah. Widow, yeah. Romanoff. She's just a super. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm I'm, I'm perfectly happy to get get our Captain Marvel movie here with Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just so you yeah, think you think no, they cash in on it though is all I'm saying like movie. you think that there would be but, the yeah. money there. I would not yeah. want to see a, a Black Widow movie or a Hawkeye movie. They're the two worst Avengers really? ever. <laughs> I mean, I like the actors, <laughs> but they're terrible. I mean, seriously, compared to Iron Man and Captain America and yeah, Hulk. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I as far as the, the <laughs> like the comic book action going on there, but I think you can still yeah. do interesting things. I don't know. I think they're good supplemental characters, and I wouldn't. As much as I love Scarlett Johansson or Jeremy Renner, I do not want to see either of them in their own standalone. I mean, we saw Jeremy Renner standalone movie, Born Identity, or whatever. It was terrible. I don't want to see that crap. What about Hurt Locker? Yeah, but that wasn't an action movie. That was more of a drama. Yeah, I saw a lot of bullets flying. It was a drama. Drama. It's drama action. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh,. So that was my review for that. Would you would you agree with me, Jeff, that it was just okay at best? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I said too. It was all right. I may watch it once more on home video if ever if I ever had a chance, but the, I wouldn't have when, to see it. And when it gets the blockbuster, <laughs> yeah. when, 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 make it a blockbuster yeah. night. <laughs> um, so that's my review. Uh, I did watch. I, I didn't get all the way through the first episode because. We were, I had to get over here to do the podcast, but uh, I started watching Ozarks, Ozark, the new uh, Justin Bateman, uh, Jason Bateman, sorry, Crow money movie. New Jason Bateman drama series on Netflix. Um, it seemed pretty good so far for the first 40, 45 minutes that I saw um, some, some, some noir, some uh, drama going on there. Uh, some certainly some violence. <laughs> so I'm interested to see where it goes from there. So I'll try to get back to that. Um, and then a little bit of news. Uh, apparently, uh, Studio Ghibli has officially reopened for production for Miyazaki's next movie. So he's come out of unofficial official retirement <laughs> to do another movie. Again, yeah. who knows? You know when this is coming out. There's like no information about this thing, but I think it's always cause for excitement. Yeah. Well, I heard it was one of his older projects that he's always wanted to do. The story about a caterpillar that's just going across yeah. the sidewalk, well, <laughs> from one side of the sidewalk to the other one. 
Well, I guess he wants, he really wants to do like a CGI movie now. Or something along those lines. Like, there's something that he'd been like avoiding before, but like he thinks he knows how to do it now or something like that. Um, but yeah. uh, either way, um, it's, it's good news. <laughs> yes. Uh, it should be something worth watching whenever it is. Um, so that's, that's it for me. Uh, Jeff, did you have anything you wanted to talk about? Uh, not really. I guess the last thing I watched was a documentary on Napoleon Bonaparte. Napoleon. That's it. So did they go over the whole thing about how he was actually like average height or a little taller than average height? He wasn't actually short. They didn't yeah. talk about his height yeah. at all. Five, they six, just five. talked about his military prowess and um, his rise and fall. Mm. It was pretty good. It was PBS... On CBC, on YouTube. Waterloo! I don't know how that all works. All right. <laughs> so that's the only thing I've watched lately. So it was on Google. <laughs> it was on the YouTubes. It was on the Google machine. I forget. What do, uh, What were his, like, big, like, Battlefield innovations? It was like... I <laughs> no. It was like, a lot of it had to do with, like, logistics. Like, he just made sure that his army was, like, well... Provision like all the lines. Oh, yeah, but not, not just fed. Uh, here's some coats, not just, here's not some just food. fed, but like he would make sure that uh, like artillery was where it needed to be. That kind of shit. Um, but he like field promotions. Like yeah, they... he's really good about like keeping the loyalty of his officers or something like that. Yeah, there was a couple times he'd take the medal off his jacket and put it on. He'd like ask the crew who is the best fighter of your battalion here, whoever it was. He'd take the old medal off of his coat and put it on that guy. Um, he'd get, he would anticipate things and get there quicker. Like he'd march his men a lot faster and tougher than most armies would. So he'd be, get to points where the other, uh, enemy wouldn't think they'd be uh, a lot of little things like that. Um, yeah. The, the way it was taught to me was that <laughs> a, a lot of it had to do with just the fact that the French just had way many more, like they said, way more soldiers. <laughs> they just had the numbers. They're just like some of that, but a lot of it was like, no, they would lose like. Uh, you know, seventy men to a thousand. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, that's not to say that. that it was it wasn't like that, but the like they definitely had the numbers. Maybe that was before Napoleon. I don't remember, but uh, at any rate, yeah, yeah, it's good. Good history. Learned some Waterloo. Stuff. Yeah, Waterloo. I knew was a bad thing <laughs> for him. <laughs> but I am confused. When I was in England, there's a Waterloo in England. So what the hell is that? Because the Waterloo that he lost is in Austria yeah, or yeah. Belgium or something. I forgot where that was. Did, did you go to Trafalgar Square when you were in, when you were in London? Yeah. Yes, yes, I did. Almost got hit by a car. Because <laughs> he only learned about a new strategy when he went to uh, San Dimas High School. Yeah, the strategy of what is lad? Did uh, did you make eye contact with the person driving the car? Okay, no. Don't do that. I, no, I was yeah, I was gonna say don't do that because then they just assume that you know they're coming. Wait, what? Mm. <laughs> I didn't really almost get hit by a car, but it was when we couldn't find a crosswalk, so we just bolted across the street to get uh, to Trafalgar Square. <laughs> um, it was funny is that we were able to do it, and then when he got to Paris, and we wanted to go to the the Arch, Arc Triumph, whatever. We couldn't find the crosswalk for that either, and that I don't know if you guys have been there, but that place is 
That's like a eight lane. Yeah, it's a roundabout. Yeah. Roundabout. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, and then finally realize, oh, there's a tunnel. <laughs> so I was like, how the fuck are you supposed to get across this thing? And then we found the tunnel. <laughs> Hundreds of tourists die here every year. The Arc de Triomphe stands in tribute to these brave souls that tried to cross the street. It's built with the bones of the tourists. Um, mm-hmm. All right, Alex, you got anything? Nope. All right. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.